Comic Book Tales is an immersive comic book experience for the new or lapsed comic book fan. I take a closer look at the comics that shaped my childhood and influenced my adulthood. Comic books are an amazing entry into another world and even provide the pictures to complete the fantasy. Join me for a new Comic Book Tales adventure. Hello and welcome to the next issue of Comic Book Tales. Today I thought I'd go into some question and answers. I get questions once in a while from people I talk to, uh, email, uh, things like that. So I thought I'd answer some of those questions that I've gotten uh, over the last couple of months. Um, and I'd like to do this more often. So if you've got more questions, please uh, bring them up because that's how I know about more story ideas, uh, future podcasts. And, and really, if there's a questions that you have, I want to be able to answer them. So let's get started. So the first question I have is, I recently started collecting comic books, and because I want to protect my investment, I bought some boards and bags. When they arrived, I found them to be too large for my comic books. What did I do wrong? From S. Culver in Lake Orion, Michigan. Well, S., uh, what you did wrong was probably not looking at the size of the books, or the, the bags and the boards. And the reason is because you just assumed as most people newly collecting comic books, that all comic books are the same size and ha always have been. Unfortunately, you learned a valuable lesson, which is, no, they are not all the same size. I hope you didn't buy a lot of uh, bags and boards. I'm going to guess you got from the Golden Age, and those are much larger than the current modern age boards and bags. And you, that just means you're going to have to go out and collect some Golden Age comic books. Now, what... Comic books didn't start out the size you currently have right now, which is about yeah, eight and a half to nine inches tall and about five and a half to six inches wide. It varies a little bit based on who the publisher is. But the original comic books were, because they came from the newspapers, were uh, basically decided the size should be take a sheet of newspaper, fold it over, fold it again in half, and that's the size. And that was the Golden Age comic book size. And it's slowly and steadily gotten smaller and smaller over the years. One, because that was a little unwieldy to hold. And from packing costs and shipping costs, it got into a smaller size like we currently know today. The Silver Age were a little bit smaller. And then you got into the Modern Age. And Silver Age, just a rehash, Golden Age was the Supermans and Batmans from the 30s and 40s predominantly silver age was in the late fifties, early sixties into about 1970 and post 1970 is considered the modern age by all publishers. So the comic books have became more standardized across all board or all uh, publishers. That's not to say you're not going to see some giant size. Uh, I own a giant size Howard, the duck, which is basically the size of one of those giant coloring books you had as a child where you flip it out and the pages are almost as tall as a child. That's unusual, but um, they do still happen. No, not usually that large, but sometimes you can get them in the size of a, a large hardcover book. Um, maybe they are hardcover, maybe they aren't. Those are typically not bagged and boarded. When we talk about bagging and boarding, it's really to keep the moisture out and keep them, uh, keep them from rotting, basically. Uh, these are lead acetate-free bags. Uh, and boards, they're not the best way, but they are certainly better than the old ways, which was uh, not really anything. And we've got another question on that. Second question. So I hope that answered your question, S. Culver. Uh, 
you learn a valuable lesson, go out and get the right books or right bags and boards for the books you're buying. They're available at the comic shops if you want to go get them. They're usually sitting right up by front when you buy your books. Uh, you can ask for them. They, they come in packs of 100-ish, <laughs> 100 bags, 100 boards-ish. I usually end up with uh, more bags or boards, but never the exact 100 each. So I'm not sure who's counting them, but they seem to stick together, and you don't always get 100-ish. So let's leave it at that. Uh, second question, are comic books a good investment for my child's college education? This from, comes from Kay Libby in Lincoln, Rhode Island. Well, Libby, Kay Libby, uh, no. <laughs> in, in a word, comic books are not a good investment for your child's college education. Uh, part of that has to do with uh, economic principles, which I hopefully you understand. If your child's going to college, hopefully you can explain this to your child. Economic principle, supply and demand. The larger the supply, the lower the demand, the lower the price. Uh, the older comic books, and I was just watching something on this recently, there was a reason older comic books were so valuable, and you'd see it in the news, the stuff from the 30s and 40s, uh, maybe even up to the early 60s. It was because nobody treated them as if they were valuable, so they were disposable. Kids would exchange them, they'd cut pieces out of them, they'd throw them away, parents would throw them away commonly when they... There's got too many of them. Uh, people didn't collect them. So because the supply was low and the demand was even normal and speculators came into the market, it, it drove up the prices. Uh, in reality, again, the supply and demand is, is – the supply is huge. We've gotten into digital comics. So now if you're reading a digital comic, there is nothing to pass on. There's nothing to share. There's nothing to sell. So basically you're saying, I want to read it because I want to read it, not because I think it's going to be valuable at some point in the in the future. So no, it's not a good investment. Now that's not to say if you come across something from the golden age or the early silver age that there might not be some value to it. Uh, if you find them at a yard sale and they're in good condition, uh, you know, your grandfather collected something when he was a child, possibly. But don't look at this as a, an investment for the future. Sometimes these comics aren't even worth the face value in a couple of years after they're printed because there's so many of them. Uh, or they weren't good books. <laughs> That's another thing. It has to be something somebody wants, something somebody wants to reread and or wants to collect. And that just doesn't happen with every comic book. So no, I would not recommend these as a future investment for anything other than the joy of reading comic books. Our next question. I have a daughter, and I want to involve her in reading comics, but everything seems to be juvenile or too violent. I can't find anything in between. Any suggestions? E. Priggy in Finley, Ohio. Well, E. Priggy, uh, in the Marvel Universe, there are some Marvel baby comics, uh, Muppet comics, but uh, not a lot in the in the. I, I don't. You didn't say the age of your daughter, so I don't know how old we're talking here. But you said too violent or too juvenile. I'm going to guess you're looking at a teenager, and that's probably the age range. You can find younger stuff. Um, some of the Walt Disney comics are still out there. You can find them in in trade paperback or even in digital comics. The Scrooge McDuck and the uh, Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse. The kids may enjoy that. They may want some a little more sophisticated. You're not going to find a lot. Uh, the Archie comics, outside of the zombie stuff and the other things that they've done more recently, there's some there's some 
good enough stories there to keep a child's interest. If you're looking at a teenage girl, it gets harder and harder as time goes on because these the comics can't always keep up with all the fast-paced, I want to see something now. So you got to find the right mix. My suggestion would be to go to your local comic book store and ask the uh, clerks that work there, the, the owner. They will know what's available right now, and you can actually see some of those books and determine for yourself if that's something your child would want to read. you got to have a hook. The story has to have a hook. The characters have to have a hook. Find something your child likes. My recommendation is you just missed a free comic book day. We could have gotten a couple different things to try out. But take them in. Marvel doesn't have a whole lot in that vein. They do have the the all everything. You'll see a big E on the front for uh, for everyone to read. They're more juvenile stories, but they still have some of the same characters from the Marvel Universe, if that's something you're interested in. But you may want to go into an off-brand uh, simply because they have they may have what exactly you're looking for. So hopefully that helps. Uh, but find your local comic book store. You can search for online comic book stores, and you'll find something uh, hopefully not too distant from where you reside in Finley, Ohio. Next question. I want to go to a comic convention, but I am a little nervous. I have never been to one, and I'm not sure if I need to dress in costume or not. What do you think? This comes from G. Bates in Indianapolis, Indiana. G. Bates, I'm glad you asked that question. Everybody, once you get into comic books, you start to say, okay, now I want to see what the culture's like. Maybe you never want to go to a comic convention, or you live so far from a comic convention that it's not really feasible. Uh, The biggest one is San San Diego Comic Con. And if you're into comics, it's the biggest and brightest comic book convention. Another one that comes in the fall is the New York Comic Con, and that's not that's not a pretty decent size. There's other comic conventions that gear themselves towards certain genres of comic books. There's Wizard Con in, in uh, Atlanta that deals with more sci-fi type of comics, uh, wizards, warlocks, science fiction, writing genre. Uh, but you can find usually a local comic shop or comic um, comic convention. I would ask your local comic shop, where do you guys go when you're trying to sell back issues? What convention do you tend to go to? When is it? Can I get tickets? That thing, type of thing. And they'll be able to tell you. So, one, find a comic convention you want to go to. And I, I do recommend you get to one. If it, Just one, if, if that's all you ever need, if that's what you're looking for. Just to experience a larger event. Sometimes it's to see an artist you want to see. Uh, you want to hear a panel discussion. Um, maybe you want to get some autographs for, of books you do have that you can take. And that's a great thing. You can bring in your number of books and you might have to check the re- rules and regulations, but you can bring in your book and have the artist or the uh, writer sign the book. And then you have a collector's item because it's been signed by that artist or uh, something like that. You can get specific um, requests drawn uh, may cost you a little bit more, may have to have mailed to you later on. But you, this is a chance to just interact with your geek nerd culture that you want to do so. Uh, do you have to dress in costume? No, you don't. Uh, you may feel uncomfortable with that. You may feel very comfortable with that. It's really up to you how you want to go. Um, it runs the gamut. I would say the comic conventions I've been to, depending, I've never been to San Diego Comic Con, so I can't use that as an example. But the ones I've been to, it's usually about 50-50. Uh, half the people are dressed, half the people aren't. Um, it's always entertaining. Uh, one word of warning, if you dress up, people are going to ask you to take your picture regularly. 
uh, especially if it's a good costume. So keep that in mind. Um, that's okay if, if you like that. If you don't like that, then I wouldn't dress up because you're going to get bombarded constantly about uh, what, how you're dressed. My recommendation is if you've never gone to a comic convention before, go, don't go dressed the first time because you want to experience the convention and you want to see what's out there and see what's in the halls. And maybe you go the next time you dress up if you feel comfortable with it because you, you've you already experienced it a little bit so you're not missing anything. If you go dress the first time, you're probably not going to get to experience a whole lot because you're going to constantly be asked to get a picture taken. And that's the other thing. The first time you go, you're going to want to take pictures of people, and that's okay as long as you ask. You don't just indiscriminately take pictures of people. You ask, may I take your picture? And almost everybody dressed up will say yes um, unless they're – you know they're in some something they have to run. That's why they came. They came dressed up because they wanted you to take their picture. They wanted people to take their picture. They wanted to show off the costumes they made. And most of these costumes are handmade by the person. Some are good, some are not. You know, and you'll you'll find those out. Some are some are excellent. You think they're movie quality, and some you can tell they're homemade. But you know, the the person tried and they did the best they could with the tools and the equipment they had. So just be polite. And enjoy yourself. Just enjoy it. Soak it all in. Enjoy it. I don't think you have anything to be nervous about. I think it would be wonderful. And you're in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. I think you have an opportunity. There's a, there's a show in Indianapolis. Uh, there's shows in Chicago. So you're not far. You can uh, enjoy yourself. So hope hope you get to one soon. And our last question of the day. Why do the comic book movie costumes look so different than the comic book costumes I'm used to seeing I'm assuming in the comic books. This is from Jay Heath in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, Jay Heath, the reason the comic book movie costumes look so different, just think about that. If we if we look at Wolverine's original costume, it was yellow and blue, uh, like a canary yellow and a darker blue. Really, would you want to see that running down the street? Uh, would it look odd to you if that was coming down the sidewalk? Of course it would. Somebody dressed in darker muted colors seems a little more believable. Uh, all leather, maybe not quite so much depending on where you live. Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, I doubt very much uh, that's going to be an all leather clad area. But you never know. So the, the costumes in the movies, they can't be an exact replica. Uh, Hawkeye in the, in the comic books wears purple. Like a, a visible grape colored purple grape jelly. That would look ridiculous uh, on the comic or on the movie screen, and that's why in the movies he's not purple. So it really has to do with how does it translate to film. Um, you can have your like Deadpool. Deadpool in his upcoming movie is going to look very similar to his costume in the comic books, but it works for the character. Uh, the Wolverine character has never worn anything re- resembling the costumes he's worn in the in the comic books. Um, even Superman, if we go to DC, it's always been a little more muted to a point. And there's great controversy over the costumes and how you've changed them. And it, it just, you, you got to make some adjustments for the movies. And again, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you uh, other times you recognize the movies are separate from the comic books. You can enjoy both equally, but they are separate and therefore you have to appreciate them for what they are. So the comic book costumes in the movies just look how they need to look. And again, they have to be functional. 
That's something we don't talk about a lot. But they have to be functional for the uh, actor or actress. You can't put them in something that they could know in, in the real world could never actually move in, and let alone do stunts and everything else. So keep that in mind when you're criticizing or concerned about these. Not that you are, Jay Heath. I'm not saying that you are. But not, don't be too critical of what you see in the comic book movies versus the comic books because, you know, Silver Samurai – in the comic books, it's great. You can have this lightweight metal that he can move around in and looks like a second skin. In the real world where we live, you can't make that prop out of metal and have the guy move. It, it, it's too heavy. It, it'd be clunky. So you got to keep that in mind when you're when you're watching some of this. Even in CGI, it's got to look somewhat believable. You have to suspend some disbelief, but it's got to be somewhat believable for the character to be dressed as they are. Um, some of those plunging necklines you see in the comic books, they don't really work in a real world costume. So don't be too alarmed. Don't be too upset. Just roll with it and enjoy it for what it is. So that's been our question and answer episode. I hope you've enjoyed that. Please ask your questions. I want to be able to answer questions if I can. If I can't, I like to be able to research it. I learn more by doing some research on these topics. I don't know all these things off the top of my head, but it's nice to be able to do some research and find out how things came about. I would ask you to uh, rate us on iTunes, give us a good recommendation, hopefully. And that's how we get found out by others. That's how we find out, get more listeners. Please pass along that you've been listening. Uh, Share it with a friend or two or 10. And hopefully we will grow it with leaps and bounds so that we can become a much more formidable comic book tales podcast in the future. So thank you for joining me. Uh, I will be back next time with another issue of comic book tales. Thank you.